Welcome to the Gospel Saves podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. I'm Wade Stanley, an evangelist with the Church of Christ. Please visit thegospelsaves.me for blogs, videos, and Bible studies. You can also find The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. The English word church comes from a German word that was borrowed from Greek, but it's not the Greek word used throughout the New Testament. The Greek word translated church in English means something different, and its meaning has an insightful history in the Greek language. It's important to know what one means when referring to the church. It's not a building, at least not in the literal sense. By church, we mean a gathering of God's people who have answered his call to assemble, not only in this age, but also from all ages. After spending so many months in various books of the New Testament, I thought it would be good to enter into a, a topical study. I'd like to take a, a consideration of the church. And to begin, we're going to talk today about the, the Greek word that is translated church in our English Bible. Now, the English word church comes to us from the German language. It's the German word Kirche, K-I-R-C-H-E. But that particular German word actually comes to us from the Greek language, from a word Kyriake. Now, the Greek word combines two words, kurios and oikia, which mean lord and house. Put together, the word kyriake means the lord's house. And if you think about the church, that is a very appropriate description. The church is the lord's house. But here's the problem. As you may or may not know, the New Testament was originally written in the Greek language. The Greek language was the, the common language used throughout the Mediterranean world. And the apostles and prophets used the Greek language in order to spread the good news of Jesus Christ and the doctrine necessary to follow after him to as many people as possible. Now, we get our word church from the German language, which gets it from the Greek language. What's interesting is, in the Greek New Testament, we never find the word kyriake, that, that word that eventually becomes church in the English language. Instead, the writers of the New Testament use a very different word. They use a word, ekklesia, E-K-K-L-E, S-I-A, ecclesia. And the word ecclesia simply means a gathering, an assembly, or a congregation. This has a very rich history in the Greek language. This was often used to represent a regularly summoned legislative body. As you may or may not know, Greece was ruled by a number of different city-states. There were several major cities in what we would call modern-day Greece, and each one of those cities was autonomous from one another. They, they ruled themselves. They were not part of a, a larger country. For example, you've probably heard of the city of Athens. Athens had an ecclesia. 
the Athenian Ecclesia was the popular assembly open to all male citizens as soon as they qualified for citizenship. It's a little like our House of Representatives at the federal level, although it's a little different because it wasn't an elected position. Any male citizen could be a part of the Athenian Ecclesia. Now, it originally meant once every month, but later on in its history, it began to meet three or four times a month, or perhaps once a week, if you will. Now, this assembly, this ecclesia, was responsible for declaring war, for military strategy, for electing officials. It was responsible for nominating and electing magistrates. It had the final say on legislation and the right to call magistrates to account after their year of office. So it was a very powerful body. This was the body that ruled the Athenian city-state, and other cities had similar ecclesias. What would happen is a call would go out throughout the city of Athens to assemble the citizens of that city. The ecclesia were those citizens who answered the call and assembled together. So this word ecclesia, that is often translated by our New Testament uh, scholars as church, this was used among the Greeks to denote a body of citizens that gathered together to discuss the affairs of state. Ecclesia was also used in a very general sense. It, it could be used to describe an informal gathering of people, an assembly or a gathering. I don't think you would necessarily call it a party per se, but less formal than the legislative body that we saw in Athens. In fact, in Acts chapter 19, verse 32, when Luke is describing the mob that was opposing Paul's preaching against uh, Diana of the Ephesians, he calls that Ephesian crowd an ecclesia. It's a gathering or an assembly of people. Finally, this word ecclesia was also used to describe a group of people with a shared belief, a community or congregation. Philosophers were known to gather an ecclesia. They, this was a group of people that shared a common interest. They consider themselves a, a community of sorts. And oftentimes they would, would gather around a philosopher to hear what that philosopher had to say or teach. We might call them in today's terms like a fan club, if you will. Now, the Old Testament uses the word ecclesia, Originally, the Old Testament was written in the Hebrew language, but around 250 B.C. it was translated into the Greek language. And the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the Septuagint, uses the word ekklesia. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 30. In that chapter, Moses is, is singing a song that reminds the children of Israel of their history. And at the end of that chapter... We're told that Moses spoke the words of this song in the hearing of the assembly or ecclesia of Israel, the congregation, if you will. And this is the way that the New Testament uses this word over and over. This word is used to describe an, the assembled people of God, a congregation or gathering of believers in Christ. Now, 
it's used in that sense in a few different ways. And whenever we use the word church, we could be talking about the church in, in several different senses. The church could refer to the people of God, regardless of what time, age, dispensation, or epoch they live in. For example, in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 12, verses 22 through 23, the writer of Hebrews says, You have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. The writer of Hebrews says that we as Christians, as the church, as the body of Christ, are joined together with the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. And this would include people from, from every century that the world has been in existence. Every person that God has considered righteous would be numbered in this particular group. So the, the church can refer to all the people of God from all time, from Adam to Noah to all the righteous people that descended from both of those men. In this sense, the church would include those faithful individuals which God found to be righteous prior to the cross. So the church can be used in that sense. It's, it's just representative, if you will, of the people of God. It can be used in a very general sense. The word church can also be used to represent those who call on the name of Jesus from across the globe in, in the present day and age, if you will. It, this is what Jesus had in mind when he promised to Peter, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. That's in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Jesus had a church to build. And he talks about building that church on the confession that he is the Son of God. And in this sense, the word church would represent anyone in the world who is a member of Christ's body, a member of that congregation. This is the, the corporate body of Christ that Paul is talking about. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 23 and 26 and 27, he says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy without blemish. Paul's using the word church, ecclesia, in, in the universal sense, so to speak. That every person who is called on the name of Jesus Christ since his crucifixion and resurrection, they are all part of this body, this congregation, this assembly. But the word church can also be used to describe a, a local group. There are churches scattered all throughout this region of northern Missouri. And that was the case in the New Testament as well. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 2, Paul addressed his letter to the church of God, which is at Corinth. Corinth had an, an ecclesia, a church of Christ meeting in that city. 
But Paul also acknowledges in that verse that that one church is a small part of a bigger body. He says, with all who in every place call on the name of our Lord, of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Corinth was one small part of a larger whole. Ecclesia described not only the local body of believers, but it also described the, the church universal, if you will. Paul greets the Romans in the book of Romans on behalf of Gaius. And Gaius was the host of the whole church. Now, when he talks about the whole church in that 16th chapter of Romans, he's not talking about the church universal. How could you fit all the Christians from across the globe into one man's home? He's talking about the local church there in Corinth. Gaius was the host of the local church. So, in the New Testament, you see the apostles and prophets using this word ecclesia interchangeably to represent the, the local congregation, the local body of believers, those who assemble at the local level in the name of Jesus Christ. And they also use ecclesia to, to describe the, the church universal, if you will, the people of God from all times and dispensations and ages, including those who have called upon the name of Jesus Christ since his death and his resurrection. So this is the, the imagery that the writers of the New Testament intend to bring to our mind. The church is not a building. It's a group of people. It's a gathering together of people who share a common faith, in Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will. Oh,